Hi, I'm Laura Brady, CEO of Concierge Auctions. And hi, I'm Chad Roffers, Chairman of Concierge Auctions. And this is Block Talk. We're really excited today in the theme of International Women's Month here in March to talk about everyone's journey here, who's here on the line and how we all know each other and hopefully answer some questions and get some good discussion going with those of you who are on the line. So thank you for joining us. Like I said, we have four panelists today, and I'm so excited to know and admire all four of these women who are with us. Um, I'm going to start with Stephanie because your photo is to the left of mine as I'm looking at you right now. Um, Stephanie Anton is, I'll say, one of the most well-traveled and (laughs) well-educated and well-spoken people that I know in real estate. And she's an absolute icon to the luxury real estate business. If you don't know Stephanie, you should know her. And after this call, um, you will know her better, but hopefully get a chance to personally know her at some point. Um, Stephanie's also a fellow Austinite. I live in Austin. She does too. Um, and she's a Bishla dog owner. I'm about to get a Bishla. Did I tell you that, Stephanie? No. Yes. So we'll talk I about I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. yeah lots of advice. Um, so welcome, Stephanie. Um, next, you. I'll intro Kristen Rousselman. So Kristen's definitely a mega icon in real estate as well. She's been the number one broker here, there, and everywhere in Las Vegas, the entire state of Nevada. She's nearing a billion dollars in career sales. I think, Kristen, you're getting close to that if you haven't hit it already. Um, And Kristen's been a friend of concierge auctions and a friend of mine since I think 2012, if not earlier than that. So, and she currently serves on our agent advisory board at concierge auctions. So welcome, Kristen. Thanks, Laura. Happy to be here. Thanks for including me. Yeah, happy to have you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next up, Suzanne. So Suzanne is the founder and CEO of Relevance International. She's a total powerhouse. And in less than 10 years, she's grown Relevance from a full service PR and communications agency in New York, recently opened offices in London and L.A., right, Suzanne, recently? Yes. And you're launching your digital uh, section and full service agency with brand development, content creation, et cetera, et cetera. And also Suzanne's the mother of three young kids. We have kids in the same kind of zone right now. So we're in the thick of juggling little ones and our businesses. <laughs> so welcome, Suzanne. Christina actually has a pretty impressive and widespread blend of talent and business. So I know Christina has not only been a model and an actress, but also pharmacology um, society at the University of Glasgow. You were the president of the pharmacology society. We've never talked about this before. Um, Yes, so my degree was pharmacology, a little bit different, um, a different world away from real estate for sure. So you're definitely uh, a woman of all trades. And now Christina is a project manager with us here at Concierge um, and is based right now in Switzerland on an assignment. We were talking about this a minute ago. Um, it's like 8 o'clock, 8, 8.10 there now. Yeah, 10 past 8. Um, but, you know, Friday night, feeling alive. So I've got all the energy for our um, podcast and can't wait to hear all about the incredibly inspiring women alongside us. And she has the most beautiful 
elegant accent. So we will look forward to listening to you as we continue in the next hour, Christina. <laughs> um, well, great. Let's get started. Um, I actually have one question I'm going to throw in that I didn't prompt you all about. For those who've been on many or perhaps any Zoom calls with me, you might know that I love icebreakers. So I'm going to start with an icebreaker that's going to help us learn a little bit about a little bit more about each other. Um, and I love this one. It's what is your favorite part of the day and why? That's an easy one for me. Yeah, I can start. Sure. Yeah, it's super easy because I'm a morning person and I'm, I'm talking like a mega morning person. Laura, I think you know this about me. Um, but uh, I, my husband is a marathon runner. And so he historically always gets up, you know, at like three, four o'clock in the morning. And so when we met, I very quickly learned the value of mornings. And so regularly we're up at four or five in the morning and it's an opportunity to sort of center yourself and, um, I think we have coffee and relax and we don't have children. So <laughs> I realize if you have kids, your mornings are not like this, but um, for us, it's really um, a way to kick off the day. It's great. And thank you for being here, uh, for, for inviting me to be here, by the way. Thank, I'm really honored and uh, what a wonderful group. Love it. Thanks for joining us. Suzanne, what's your favorite part of the day? I'm unmuted. Hooray. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you. Thank you for, for inviting me. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened there. Uh, my favorite part of the day right now um, is probably when we get our collective energy together, the, the whole company, and we do our morning rallies. We get kind of pumped for the day. We bring ourselves together. We, we make, you know, you have to show up. That's step one for any, um, any business person. And, and it gets us in the, in the zone to show up and collectively talk about what we're going to accomplish in the day. And we, we try really to make sure it's not just, um, just a list of meetings but what we really want to make happen in the day. So it gets us centered, it gets us focused and gets our energy as combined as it can be given that we're all separated and most of us are, are still working from home. Love that. You have such a great team. I can only imagine that those are pretty fun. Pump up your day meetings. Love it. Christina, what's your favorite part of the day? Well, I'm from a family of hospitality. So my dad was a chef, so I was absolutely spoiled growing up. So mealtimes <laughs> is my favorite part of the day. You get the taste sensation, you get great company, and you just really get to share that moment together. Love well, that's it. at least three times a day. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Kristen, what about you? Okay, so I'm in Vegas. Um, my favorite part of the day is, and, you know, it's kind of crazy because everybody thinks that, you know, Vegas is, you know, 24-7 and it is an entertainment capital and all in the strip and everything. And, and for us, you know, just in real estate, it's constant. We're on the phone constantly or I'm meeting with people or I'm showing houses, you know, just constantly bombarded with you know, everything. So one thing you may not know about me is I live on a, on a ranch in Red Rock National Conservation Area. So when I go home, which could be at all different times of the, you know, night for crying out loud. So, but there's this one point when I drive out and I'm driving home to the ranch and like civilization cuts off and all cell zones are off. 
And so my phone has to cut off and there's like this sublime five minutes where nobody can reach me on the phone. I have to stop everything I'm doing and it's just, um, it's just quiet. And so that's my favorite time of the day. It's like that five minutes before I get home when I have no cell service and it's just super quiet. And so anyway. You're a woman on the go when five <laughs> minutes of time <laughs> is what you can get to make that. Nobody can get me on the cell because there's no cell service for that, those five minutes. So it's just, it's, it's a lot of, it's, so it's super peaceful. Can you just stop right there and just get 30 minutes instead of five? Just <laughs> no, <laughs> not, in this, not in this industry. <laughs> right. Um, there's a reason that you are the powerhouse that you are, Kristen. Um, great. My favorite part of the day, I'll add mine. Uh, I've had to work hard to make my mornings more like Stephanie's mornings. Um, I'm not typically a morning person. I mean, I, I've always kind of woken up, I don't know, at an okay hour. I don't like sleep in too late, but with kids now, um, I'm really thrilled that my kids are back in school and in the swing of things here in Texas. And my twin seven-year-olds catch the bus right outside of our door. And it's super convenient. But they're the first on the bus stop at 6.55 a.m. So when I shove them into the bus after I've you know, fed them and gotten them out the door dressed with their masks, et cetera, um, then I have about an hour of time usually before my day starts. And I've started meditating. Y'all have started using the Calm app. This is new for me. Nice. Um, learning to breathe and you know, just making that time be a little bit of a centering time for me in the morning. So I'm becoming more of a morning person, Stephanie. You can be proud of me. Good you know. for you. I am. It's a big deal. <laughs> um, so that's great. Um, good to know, like how everybody begins their uh, begins their day, ends their day, best practices um, that have helped to get you where you are today. Also, um, all right. Well, let's dive into it. We want to talk about all the success that everybody has found in their careers here and in life and your experiences getting you there. Um, I'm actually going to speed through a couple of my slides. I had some intro slides for y'all, but I just added to these instead, but those are your resume points. Um, and a little bit about concierge auctions. I guess I'll touch on that. For those of you who are on the call who aren't familiar with our firm, we are a luxury real estate auction firm. And so we partner with real estate agents and brokers around the world. We've thus far um, been active in 29 countries. Um, I'm sorry, 29, yeah, 29 countries and 44 US states. So Christina is a representative from our European team being there in Switzerland. Our European business has been skyrocketing in the past year, two, three years, but especially the past year. Um, and so we host a database that is really one of our key differentiators when we sell properties for clients. We're able to tap into the clients that have purchased or been interested in other properties we've sold in the past. Um, and everyone here on this call has helped us through the past 13 years that we've been in business to grow and lend their advice. So um, hopefully they can give some of those insights to everyone else here today. So it's a little bit about more about us. If you want to follow us, conciergeauctions.com, you can join our uh, subscriber list. And let's get right to the questions. Um, so first off, we want to start off with everyone's careers and kind of how you got your start 
um, moving up in this industry or just in your business life in general. Um, Suzanne, maybe I'll start with you because you certainly have had this kind of like rocket trajectory over the past few years, but how'd you begin that? Well, I jumped right in at the deep end. I started my career out of school um, in Hong Kong and I uh, could barely understand half of what was being said in Hong Kong as I was doing PR and marketing jobs. I was there for about eight months and, and that's really where I got my, my feet wet. I was um, learning under an, a New York expat who was there, who was a crazy manic, uh, hyperspeed man that literally would just have six cell phones going while he was in a cab and it was crazy pace. And if any of you have been to Singapore or Hong Kong or any of those cities, you know that it's it's like 10 times the pace of New York. It makes New York look really slow. And so um, I, you know, I would just kind of be thrown in and, and it was really, you know, you're going to sink or swim. And that was the best thing that ever could have happened to me because it really taught me that if you can get through that, you can get through whatever goes your way, um, comes your way. So um, then I, I did a stint in Washington, D.C. I worked for a healthcare PR firm for a little bit. I realized the lobbying world and um, the healthcare world was was not quite the pace I wanted. It was a different cadence. Um, I worked for the government. It was also not quite the right fit. And I was like, you know what? I really want to be in New York. I really I could feel the pull into New York. And when I went to New York, I was so happy. It was it was just for me, it was a match. And I'm originally from Pennsylvania. So, you know, I, I really, I, I longed for the big city, but I didn't even know what I was in for. But I had this driver since I'd been traveling a lot and, and studied international business as well as PR and, and journalism. Um, I, I really wanted to be exposed to everything. I was young and, you know, it was like, what could I soak in? And New York was the place. So I went there. I got a job in PR for another PR agency. I started out as an account executive and I worked my way up to partner and owner within a few years. Um, I just loved real estate. I got thrown right into the real estate division. At the time, I didn't know anything about real estate. And I had to just learn by doing. I think one of my first clients was Starwood Capital, working with Barry Sternlicht. Like it was like, what, I mean, I just got thrust in. And then I realized I absolutely love it. I love everything about real estate. I loved the the pace, the personalities, uh, the eye candy, the fact that you could dream looking at all these yummy places and, and really picture yourself there um, and, and the business aspect. So fast forward, um, I was at that agency, Quinn, for about 10 years. And then I went out to go on my own. And I formed Relevance New York. Relevance New York um, was the original name. And I just loved the fact that everything was at the time very much revolving around New York. But then uh, we, we were getting a lot of demand from our clients to reach target markets elsewhere in the world. Like, could you get my property? Let's say it's a residential tower in New York. Could you get it, you know, to my target buyer that's actually, you know, in another country? Um, and so. It, it was perfect synergy with my love of all things international. So I set my my intention out there and I started uh, our London office. We rebranded to Relevance International um, and 
that was great. It was one of the best things we ever did because it really gave us the London New York combo, which was quite competitive and really helped us work both continents. Then we built a, an affiliate group of affiliate agencies around the world that we could also tack in under us. So if we needed to do a push in any target market, we could do it and get get attention there. Um, and then, you know, lastly, we added LA and and my my dream to eventually, uh, I would like to eventually next have an actual office in Asia, um, this long-term dream of mine. But I, I just, I love international and I love helping move properties or promote properties such as for concierge, which we, we do help you guys around the world, get, get the attention in the target markets, make sure that the high net worth people are seeing the right price point, you know, and really, um, you know, helping to communicate. I, it's exciting. It's definitely not dull because in the morning I might talk to someone in Dubai and then London and then, you know, Florida. And then, and I, so similar to, I think how, how Stephanie has has constantly been working around the world. I feel sort of the same and, and I feel at home there. Um, and New York is a great place to, to live and work and kind of operate with those tentacles out from, from New York. And, and when we can travel again, I look forward to traveling. Um, you know, and and um, that's that's the gist of my story. And then personally, I've, as Laura said, I've I've got three wonderful kids and and a husband here. So, you know, I'm, I've got a busy personal life as well, um, which I'm very fortunate to have a nice support team because without a good support system, none of that would be possible. So, yeah, awesome. Well, you say that uh, Asia office is in your long term view. I have a feeling you're going to make it happen shorter than long term, but we'll see the way you've been moving. (laughs) Thanks. Um, You teed Stephanie up a little bit. Stephanie, you've spent time, as I mentioned, all around the world in your career. Uh, But how how did you get started? How did you get thrust into real estate? I don't even know if I know that background. You know, it's funny, honestly. It's um, I, my father was a real estate developer. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago in the '80s, and um, my father was building big, you know, condos out in the suburbs, which were cornfields at the time. And now they're like, you know, kind of close in in Chicago. And so I always joke, like, I grew up playing on empty lots, and um, the furniture in my bedroom, in my childhood bedroom, was had come out of a show house, a showroom. So it just it was part of my DNA. It was what we talked about at the dinner table. And it was always part of my world. But my early career, I worked in advertising and PR, actually, Suzanne. And um, then I, Suzanne and I have worked together in the past as well, as Laura and you and I have as too. So, um, but then I went to graduate school for marketing. I went to undergrad in film and then graduate school for marketing. And when I finished, I had, um, it was three months after 9-11. It's just a horrible time to be looking for a job. And I just sort of lucked into an opportunity. It was when GM was in the real estate business and they were moving a corporate headquarters to outside of Chicago and they needed a marketing manager. And so I started working for them at the franchise or level um, and immediately loved it. And it was, you know, the early 2000s. And so um, there was just so much to be done and and so much opportunity. And from then I went to work for a brokerage. I was the VP of marketing for a brokerage in Chicago, which is now uh, Berkshire Hathaway, Chicago. But at the time it was Canning and Stray. Um, Wonderful company. And then in 06, I moved over to 
leading real estate companies of the world. And eventually, you know, I was there for 15 years, eventually was the president of luxury portfolio. And that's when a lot of the amazing travel you've talked about, uh, I had, you know, incredible opportunity to travel all over the world and um, meet the, the members of that incredible network. So it was great. And then um, last summer, um, sort of the height of the pandemic, I decided it was time to change jobs, <laughs> which is sort of a crazy thing to do. But um, I had this really awesome opportunity to go work for Realogy and to help them launch Corcoran as a franchise. And Corcoran, you know, is a long, well-known you know, it's been around since 1973, brand in Manhattan and, and Palm Beach and, and the Hamptons, but they had really just started taking it out franchising. And so um, my role now at Realogy is both to help Corcoran grow and I'm, I'm leading that, but then also um, I'm overseeing international service for all of the other brands, except Sotheby's, unfortunately, but um, because of the way our structure works, it's just, um, so I'm working with all of the brands, all folks all over the world. And it's been, um, it's wonderful because it's sort of the best of both worlds. I get to do this startup thing and this brand that I love, but then I also still have this international reach and opportunity. Um, but it's crazy because I live in Austin and um, my team, while they're everywhere, I've not met most of them ever in person. And um, I haven't met any of our clients in person. And so um, to go from a former role where I was really on the road 70, 80% of the time to a place where I, you know, I can't meet anyone in person and yet, I really feel it's like this technology has become so intimate that I really still feel like I, I know everyone so well. And uh, so, yeah, so that's, um, I think, touches on some of the highlights and um, my journey. So thank you for asking. Yeah, you're welcome. That's great. Yes, the technology, we actually were just talking earlier this week in our company about the fact that we've historically had kind of two groups of our company where the, the sales team travels all over the world, like Christina, and they're in every location here, there, and everywhere. And then we have our operations team, which is mostly here in Austin. And it used to be pre-pandemic that we would be on phone calls with the sales organization all the time, but we wouldn't see them as much face-to-face. -face. And so this has actually made us closer in a lot of ways yeah. to the other teammates that are not nearby um, and has yep. kind of brought everyone a little bit more cohesive and in an odd change of way to think about it. Well, um, and also no one's traveling. So everyone's available to be on meetings, which has been awesome too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, well, you mentioned not working with Sotheby's. Kristen is with the Sotheby's affiliate in Las Vegas. Um, I'm going to go to you next, Kristen. And actually I'm going to kind of merge the, how you got your start to also the changing landscape. Maybe you can talk to us about the what, where, how you got into the business, Kristen, and then maybe how things are changing or have changed for you through time. Yeah, sure. Um, thanks for asking me. So, um, like the other gals, I also had, you know, my my first career was in advertising and PR. So. I grew up in San Francisco. My family owned an advertising agency, a big agency in the city. And so I grew up around advertising, you know, around the breakfast table and the dinner table. So it was in my DNA also. Um, I, uh, after I went to college, then I went and I got my MBA in business and I went straight into Silicon Valley. And so I only worked with big brands. I worked with Lockheed. IBM and then Autodesk, which creates AutoCAD, 
which that computer-aided design is what, you know, what is the, um, where all of the plans for houses and also commercial um, buildings are made. So I had a, I had a big background in that. Um, but really what I was doing was I was packaging products. So, and I, and, and then advertising and, and, and going through all the marketing mediums with, with packaging products. So fast forward, I go to New York, I have my own internet company, we sell it, and I meet my husband in New York, he was in Chicago, he didn't want to live in New York, and I didn't want to live in Chicago, so of course we decided on Las Vegas, so in any case, but it was for a reason, he he had an investment in, in Las Vegas, so we moved to Las Vegas, I thought, what in the world am I going to do in Las Vegas, you know, I was... Um, I, at, at that time too, I was having kids. So I was thinking about going into, you know, high level marketing in one of the casinos, but it's, it's too 24 seven. You can't, you know, it's really hard to balance that challenge of having a career and having kids early on. Um, so I decided, I looked at the landscape and I really thought, um, you know, because I had done a lot of real estate throughout my career personally and with my family, that I would go into real estate. And I did go into real estate. And I think really the opportunity there and the reason why I saw it, you know, coming from San Francisco and New York, really, the, and, and being a big brand person, I only wanted to work for Sotheby's. So the big challenge for me was you know, how do you start your career at Sotheby's? It's, you know, that's, you know, once you work your entire career, you know, the pinnacle is like joining Sotheby's. So luckily I, I you know, had known some some owners of Sotheby's along the way and they, they gave me a good recommendation. So I joined Sotheby's straight out of the gates because I thought for sure if I was going to go into real estate, I wanted to be with the top firm and then, also, too, I, I really looked at the landscape in Las Vegas and really at that point, you know, I was coming out of big Internet marketing and, and, and a big marketing and advertising background. So, you know, really the, the only thing that they were doing in Las Vegas in like circa 2007 was putting a sign up in front of the house and then, you know, maybe sending a postcard. And I I was really thinking about, you know packaging those houses and making them, you know, maybe putting a lot more product to, you know, product packaging to those houses, you know, the, the higher res imagery that, you know, stuff that invokes emotion and, and websites and emails and, you know, just all sorts of stuff that, you know, now it's super easy to sit back and armchair quarterback that, but nobody was doing that at the time. You know, I mean, they were maybe putting a sign up in front of the house and putting a, you know, sell, sending out a postcard or putting, you know, half of them didn't even put flyers in their signs. <laughs> so in any case, so I, I really saw that as an opportunity. And really, I mean, I had to kick in a gear because I saw my, you know, my husband's business going totally down and I needed to like step in and, you know, um, and, and, and get something going for my family. So that's, that's how I got into real estate. And, and, you know, we can talk about more challenges and opportunities, but 
Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's the basis of my story. (laughs) Well, what was, I guess I will dig a second into the challenge of you jumped into this as a new career. I mean, clearly your marketing background helped to set you apart, which I mean, in this business, it's about brand, it's about relationships, it's about marketing and positioning. So, but for you as a brand new agent breaking in, Sotheby's was like the pinnacle brand for you. And now you're like the number one person at Sotheby's. What was the biggest challenge the early years for you? Well, I, um, well, first of all, I took real estate super serious, right? So, you know, running big departments at Autodesk and IBM and everything, like you're running financial spreadsheets. So all my finances were, I mean, my my financial acumen for real estate was solid. I knew, I knew the business of it. Um, but I just didn't have enough experience in it because yeah, I hadn't done any deals. Certainly Sotheby's like right out of the gate, you know, giving your card, um, you know, with um, a realtor or an agent or a broker at Sotheby's, you know, I had instant credibility, which, that I was always thinking about, but I, I actually interned for my first year at Sotheby's. I, I watched everybody. I, I went to listing presentations. I watched their contracts. I read stuff. I took tons of, I took tons of classes. Um, but I interned, you know, I know it sounds so crazy, but I interned my first year. I didn't make any money my first year. And I purposely didn't do it because I was scared to death to actually like, lose anybody's money or do the wrong thing. So I was really, I, I gingerly went into it, but, but specifically, like, I wanted to get a lot of experience early on without, um, you know, by watching everybody else and doing that internship. Yeah, really good takeaway too to kind of slow down and sit back and learn from other people, seek mentorship so that you then can kind of have a springboard yourself when you went out on your own. Um, yeah, totally. well. You're clearly an awesome businesswoman and entrepreneur, and you've built your own brand and your own business from the ground up. Super, super impressive. Uh, Christina, let's talk about your journey. You have had a lot of different experiences, and I don't even know how you ended up in real estate or actually even how did you find out about our company? Maybe weave that in there, too. (laughs) It's like you just just plopped down here and been successful and and like so elegant from day one, but tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, it's been quite a wild one, I have to say. Um, so my, my, I was initially geared up for a career in medicine. So my, my mum is a hairdresser and my dad is a chef and I was the first person to have the opportunity to go to university. So they were like, what career will we choose for Christina? And they're like, okay, we know, we're gonna go doctor. <laughs> So I sat my exams. I was like, okay, let's go for it. Let's try. And unfortunately, it's so competitive to get into medicine that, you know, I I got four A's and a B. It didn't quite make the cut. Um, However, I still pushed forward and studied four years of pharmacology in the hopes that I would get into medicine afterwards. But once I did four years, I was just thinking, there is no way I can study for another five years right now. I need to get out into the world. I need to open my eyes and just see what's out there. Um, So as soon as I graduated, I was like, okay, my mom's Filipino, my dad's Scottish. Let's head to the Philippines and see what's 
see what's good. <laughs> and um, I ended up doing some modeling and really randomly ended up in a TV drama where I had to laugh. Uh, sorry, I had to cry and kiss somebody in my first ever um, episode. <laughs> so that, oh. was a, that was a challenge. And the person I had to kiss, their girlfriend was in the, the show as well. So she was staring right at me. Uh, it was a lot. <laughs> so that was probably one of my career challenges. Um, but after six months in the Philippines, I just thought after studying for so long, I needed, you know, a bit more um, because there's a lot of hanging around and waiting to be waiting to shoot and whatnot. So I was like, OK, let's head back to the UK and see what's happening there. So I I, I love people and I have a natural curiosity to learn more. Um, so I ended up in a sales role for a direct sales company called Tom James. Um, so this is direct sales of tailoring, uh, tailored clothing. So suits and shirts and business casual wear. <laughs> so I spent um, another six to eight months with them. And I actually learned a lot from them. It, I had to make 100, 150 cold calls a day to business executives um, I was so terrified of doing this that I spent a lot of my time actually just stopping people on the street <laughs> instead of picking up the phone because it was the quickest and most successful way of getting an appointment with them. So I just said, OK, who is the smartest person on this street right now? Um, look at their shoes, look at their suit, look at their watch. OK, um, they seem quite successful. I think they would love this tailoring service. So I walked right up to them and said, hey, I'm a visiting tailor. Um, uh, I would love to share a bit more about what I do. Um, if you have a business card, um, I would love to organize a meeting. And you could just imagine how much rejection I got <laughs> each day, <laughs> just walking up to people. Um, but I had more success doing that than picking up the phone. So I was like, okay, we're just going to have to pound the pavement. Um, but with that experience, um, I managed to get a job with a tech company. Um, business development in Singapore. So Suzanne, when you mentioned Hong Kong, Singapore, I was like, I absolutely love Asia. Yeah. Um, it's just a whole other world. There's so many, not, I'm not, there's still so many opportunities here in Europe and of course in the States, but, you know, they're very welcoming. They, they love bringing over the kind of Western ideas and making it available um, to the more developing nations and the networking opportunities are just incredible. So I spent a year out in Singapore and I before I actually went to Singapore, I met my partner um, who works for concierge auctions. <laughs> and I was like, this is a really fascinating job that you have. Um, and I of met course uh, I knew that that's how you came here. I don't know what I was thinking. Yes, I knew that. The, one of the only other Scots is my partner, <laughs> David yes. McCrimmon. Um, so he I was in London when he had his interview with uh, the head of Europe, Charlie Smith. Um, and I just thought, what, what is this job? Auctions, real estate, I've never really heard of this before. So I was watching and I, me and my partner did long distance for a year. So I was in Singapore and he was in Switzerland. And, you know, I tried my hardest to convince him to come to Asia. And he tried his hardest for me to get to come to Switzerland. And I, of course, lost that battle. <laughs> so I came to Switzerland and I was like, okay, what am I going to do here? Um, and then um, one month whilst I was looking for jobs, I, I get a phone call from um, one of the business development team, uh, Caitlin, Caitlin Keys, 
She's been with the company for another number of years now. And she just said, hey, I know that you have just arrived in Europe after having spent a year apart from uh, your partner, but we have a new auction launching in Thailand, if you would like to join the team. (laughs) And I was like, see you later. I'm off to Thailand. I love Asia anyway. And so that is really how I got introduced to concierge auctions. I'd met um, Caitlin and Charlie when they were out in Singapore. And in that year's period, I just kept on planting the seeds and I just wanted to, you know, impress them. So when they were doing events in Singapore, um, I went along and um, listened uh, to uh, their presentations. But of course, I was like, if I'm going to get their intention, I'm going to have to do something pretty good. So I went around all of the guests at the event and picked up everybody's business cards and went up to Caitlin and Charlie at the end and said, I know you guys were so busy speaking um, uh, as a panelist. So I, I did, I thought I'd do you guys a bit of a favor. Here's everybody's contact information. If you need help or introductions, just let me know. <laughs> you are such a out there. Like this girl is amazing at what she does and is being modest. Actually, you've been amazing at so many things it sounds like through your life so you actually were on Miss Universe Great Britain and you were a finalist in Next Top Model so she's you know modest about that and also <laughs> play the guitar and sing so I don't know what it is that you can't do we'll have to figure out what that <laughs> oh, is today, Christina. <laughs> oh, that's too kind so, of you. yes you're such a pleasure to have on our team too so I love hearing everyone's background. Um, Also wanted to chat a little bit about today about advice that we can give to other women in the industry that might be on the line right now or might be listening in. Um, Clearly in real estate, I do think like we're in an industry where there are in general more professional females than there are in many other industries. At the leadership level, however, women are still... Un, like lowly rep, low representation, um, albeit higher than again in a lot of other industries. So we're in a place where females can make a difference and can see others in positions that you know we can aspire to be in. Um, but what advice would we give to others who are trying to rise up in their careers in the industry? Does anyone want to speak up about that? Stephanie, you were recently on a Woman Up panel, too. I, I'm going to give a plug for them. For anyone who's listening in yeah. and have been involved in Women Up, um, Google for them. It is a female and real estate empowerment community that is, I mean, unlike any other that's out there and has a really cool group of people. Stephanie was on a recent panel with them. They're amazing. And I'll just say this. Um, Women Up is a good example of how much this industry has changed. And I mean, I guess I'm a veteran at this point because I've been around a long time. But, you know, 20 years ago when I started working in this industry, um, it was a situation like I had just finished graduate school at Northwestern and like I had this really prestigious degree and I got a good job. And I was still I looked around and like the offices were all men like the line that lined the space, it was all offices and the women were all in the cubes in the middle. And it was just, it was a revelatory moment for me when I realized, you know, how is it that this is a 
industry that's served by women, but then run by men. And it has changed significantly. And I, I mean, it's very sort of heartwarming to see how much it's changed and, and groups like Women Up are are making a difference. Um, Realogy has a, has a group uh, um, called What Moves Her, which started within Cold Banker and um, it's being expanded beyond that too. And it's um, been a really, I work for two women now. I work for um, uh, Pam Liebman, who is the CEO of Corcoran. And then I also work for Sue Yanacone, who's now the president of the Realty Franchise Group. And I've never worked for women before ever in my life. And so directly, I should say. Um, and uh, so that's been great. Uh, let me, uh, can I just answer your question about advice? Because I think um, a couple things. One, I would say this is, um, I think for women, even more than for men, I think embracing your failures and learning from them is so important. And I'll say that when I started managing people, um, I was terrified. I, you know, they didn't teach you that in school, right? And you just sort of push. I got pushed into an environment where I managed a lot of people, and I found that I was very um, worried about what other people were thinking, and I overthought everything too much. And I think building a community and culture is hard when you're worried about what other people think. <laughs> and so, you know, you have to have confidence, not arrogance, though, and it's a it's a balance, but and and be authentic and and frankly, just let people know who you are and let your real personality show through. And so when I finally gave up, kind of eased into it and decided just to be myself, warts and all, um, you know, I I found that like people understood me more. We're all people at the end of the day. And People know that I don't always have the answers, but I do know a path to solutions. And you know, I'll always try as hard as anybody to figure it out. And I know when I'm I'm sur surrounded by smart, talented people, that you know, collectively we're going to figure it out. So I would say that I would say find a mentor who will help champion you. Um, and mentors can make a really big difference, especially for women. Um, I would say get rid of cancerous people in your organization as quickly as you possibly can, because they'll eat it from the inside out. Um, and then on that, on the advice question in general too, I'll say Pam O'Connor, who was the former CEO of leading real estate companies of the world, um, said to me once, and it just blew my mind. It was so simple and so beautiful. She said, um, believe in yourself, uh, um, take chances and have a heart of contribution. And I thought, wow, how better can you sum up advice than those three pieces right there? She is an absolute gem, Pam O'Connor. Yep, absolutely. She and is. paying me back in dividends today. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I'll piggyback off of that if it's okay. I love Pam too. She is yep. such a class act and was a role model for me when when she was a client of mine earlier in my career. And, um, you know, I, I find that there are lots of fantastic real, uh, women in real estate role models, you know, that you can look to emulate or look up to. And as, as some of you have mentioned, watch first and then figure out your own niche. And, you know, after you've really stopped and observed at first, right. That's, I think there's a lot of pressure to just come into real estate and be this icon. Well, it's okay to first observe, learn from people who have come before you. I think that's really smart. But also a lot of my role models were not women. So I think it's also okay to have role models who are men. And uh, those people who champion you could be women or men. In my case, it's been both. Um, another tip I have for women in real estate or just in any industry really is to not wait for permission to assert yourself. 
I think there's a natural inclination for women to kind of say, is this okay? Or apologize or hesitate and make sure that everyone is okay and on board before they assert themselves. And that's one of the biggest pitfalls I think women can make in business. And people want confidence. They want to be around confidence. And so man or woman, man or woman, I think you should just assert confidence. And as Stephanie says, not arrogance, but show that you know what you're talking about and believe in yourself. Um, and, and finally, I would say bounce back quickly. We've all had pitfalls, mistakes, you know, made a wrong decision. But I think, and I think it's Barbara Corcoran, Laura, your friend Barbara, who, who said this, you know, it really is the measure of, of a successful person in business is not, do you make mistakes, but how quickly do you get back up? And totally. most of the resilient women I know in real estate have made tons of mistakes and just shake it off really, really quickly. Those That resiliency is what keeps them going every time. And really where I see a lot of strength in women leaders, because those that can do it, do it really well. And uh, it's, it's, it's neat to watch. It's, it's, to me, the embodiment of a strong female are a lot of those women in real estate who can just charge forward despite everything that gets thrown their way, so. Yep, that's right. Barbara talks about that a lot. Failures are fuel. And mm-hmm. you know, use that fuel to either prove so them wrong. She talks about a lot of people that she wants to prove wrong, <laughs> you know, that were naysayers, or to you know learn from what it was and you know let that mistake fuel you forward. Love it. I, I will say yeah. this, Laura. I you know there is a there's a business to real estate, um, so I think it's super important, especially for women to 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 know the financial acumen. Uh, the financial aspects, you know, financing, cash, um, deployment of funds, the, you know, the legal aspect, um, um, being great at contracts. And I think at the end of the day, like, it's okay for women to be smart. And it's okay if you're good at something and it's okay for people to also think you're good at something. So, which a lot of the times, like we we always, you know, want to take that second, you know, the the second seat to other people, but it's, but it's okay to be smart and to have great ideas. Um, I also will say that it's, you should take a lot of risks and, you know, try new ideas. And, and if you don't try, um, you know, if you don't step off that cliff, you're never going to find that floor underneath of you. So I think that's really important. I think that it's, you know, it's funny because um, I, 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 you know, that there's something that we never really talk about in real estate. And that's like, you know, pretty cute girls in real estate. Um, and, you know, when you are a pretty cute girl in real estate, you know, there, there's still a, there's still a business to real estate. And I think that, you know, maybe women, you know, we can get categorized in a lot of different ways, but I, I really think that, you know, women should take it, you know, think seriously about um, the business of real estate and what they're projecting and, and projecting, you know, it's, we're going to take different pictures, you know, that we do for, for, for business than we do for, you know, fun and with your family or with your friends. And so I, I think, I think you got to watch out for a lot of stuff too. Um, and I, I know that sounds 
super harsh, but, um, but, you know, I, I remember when I was first in real estate, you know, I was super cute, <laughs> but that was way back when, but, you know, a lot of people call you for different reasons and, you know, you've got to really watch that step and, and you, you have to know when to not take the deal either. So, you know, I mean, it's a long-term career that, you know, you can, you, you've got to, you've got to think of it as a, a long-term career and make sure you're making the right decisions all along the way. Right. Consider it a business, uh, especially if you're in an agent position as, you know, again, you're entrepreneurial and learning. I mean, whether real estate or otherwise, I, I, I've always loved the concept of learning all the different areas of the business, even if it's not your role, you know, you can learn from the other people at your company around you, like, oh, can you, you know, teach me how to read a PL or, you know, show me what you're doing to project your marketing planning or, you know, other things like that to learn, you know, just different sides so that you have a holistic view of how to run your business. Yeah. Or when to outsource, when not to outsource and you can do it yourself. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, I always try to, you know, I mean, obviously, we're all on this panel talking and and talking about, you know, our the personal aspect. But, you know, I think also in real estate, you definitely want to make the house the star, not yourself. So but that's what I do. It's not you know, that that might not be for everybody. But I, I do try to do that because I, you know, so many times agents personalities can get in there. And I, I do I. I think that the house should be the star, not the realtor. Definitely a balance and consideration when you're, that's what you're selling. Yeah. You're selling, yes, yourself, but you are (laughs) selling the product. (laughs) The product is. Product first, then, you know. Right. Yeah. (laughs) For for me, that works for me. Right. Christina, any points on this? I mean, you've already given us quite a few about how, like, what a go-getter you are in the sales. (sighs) Just like taking risks and doing things, even if you didn't enjoy it, like reaching out to people on the streets, but any other points? Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that Kristen brought up some really interesting points about, you know, being that super cute girl and being able to put in your boundaries and taking yourself seriously. You know, you're not just a friend. You're, you know, you're not just someone to hang out with. You're there to do your job. Um, And being able to put those boundaries in is super important. Um, so I really love that point. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, and Suzanne and Stephanie, you'd mentioned role models. Um, I think a lot of time, a lot of times we've put our role models on a pedestal. And at the end of the day, we're all just people. And what I always tell my friends, and I actually started uh, a group when I was out in Singapore called Self-Esteem Queens um, to help like women build confidence in themselves to be able to introduce and um go for what they really want to do and essentially I just say look if there's someone that you admire just go up well if they're in the room just say hey I I really admire what you do I would love to grab a coffee with you if you have two minutes um on Thursday um it's and don't go into it's okay if not don't worry (laughs) blah 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 (laughs) just just cut the line I would love to grab a coffee with you um if I can grab your number And it's as simple as that. And some people, you know, will gravitate towards that because they see a bit of themselves in you and they want to lift you up alongside them. And other people, you know, they won't be as responsive. But that's okay. It doesn't mean that everyone has to help everybody else. You know, you're naturally 
um, people work better with others than they may do with you. And that's just life. Um, but I've always encouraged people to make that first step and just say, hey, I admire you. I would love to learn a bit more from you. Can we have coffee? <laughs> and everyone likes coffee. And if they don't. And then we all kind of giggled because it's so true that we often follow that up with, oh, but only if you have time and oh, totally. it's convenient for yeah. you. Just stop. I, yeah, I, was, I think someone said it earlier. They said, don't apologize for yourself. Listen. Like, don't, you know, just, yeah, this is really well said, Christina. And I, can, Laura, can I just make a comment about something Kristen said too? Because what she's doing is she's showing you her ethics by her story. Like, Kristen, I love your, um, like the way you talked about spending a year in the business and wanting to understand it because it was financially so important to people. And so you didn't want to waste people's money. I mean, that says so much about who you are as a person, but it also, it's about ethics. And um, I think Laura, frankly, I think we all said it and it's just having a strong core sense of your ethics. And then, um, you know, letting that show in the way you work with people and the way you respect people. And, and even those that don't treat you with respect, you know, we always being central and core to that, that um, belief in ethics, I think makes a big difference in today's business world today, whether you're a man or a woman, anybody, you know, for sure. Well, we are up against our time. I could like totally just visit with y'all for three or four hours <laughs> instead of just one hour. We didn't even get through all the questions, but we kind of touched on the rest of them anyway. Um, a few quotes that came out of this. Um, collectively, we're going to figure it out. So teamwork, working with other people, uh, believe in yourself, take chances, have a heart of contribution. Um, and well, these are things that have Let's see, were these things that we said or my team is sending these to me or they did they just write them down? It's OK to be good at something and it's OK for other people to think you're good at something. It's OK to be smart and have great ideas. So those are things that came out of this, whether they were put in from our team, from people on the um, chat or whether we said those things. Um, I'm going to close this out. I also, in addition to liking icebreakers, I like this or that statements. So I'm going to ask you some would you rather statements to close yeah. this out and then we'll say bye to everyone. Okay. Would you rather lose all of your money or all of your pictures? Money. Money. <laughs> You'd rather keep your pictures and not have any money. Okay. That's a tough one because I've not really had that much money. So <laughs> that should be easy. Not much to lose. <laughs> I have no memory anymore, though. I need the picture. My memory is going. You want to make it more. So it's it's actually good to lose a couple times because uh, you'll get better and you won't lose it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my mom says that sometimes, like the take risks. You know, we've been poor. You can do that. Take another risk. With, like, what, what have you got to lose? Um, so if I can make more money after this challenge, I'll, I'll take the pictures and then, or I'll, I'll, I'll lose the money, keep the pictures, and then hopefully I can make more money and uh, still have my pictures. That's what I'm, <laughs> that's my answer. <laughs> Work your way back up. Okay, so we've all been home a ton. When you're home, sweatpants or yoga pants? Yoga. Yeah, the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like sweatpants are more get, like baggy, like uh, pajama pants? Or... Yeah. Yoga pants that are comfy, you know, they're tight, but. Yoga. I think yoga pants. Yoga. Yeah, I'm with yoga, yoga pants. Yeah. I, I don't know, though. I kind of feel it when sweatpants, like, I just didn't get out of bed. And for some reason, yoga pants, I feel like I'm dressed up these days. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what 
It's terrifying. I miss my wardrobe. Yeah. Time, I used right? to put so. yoga pants on or ten a tennis outfit to drop off my kids just so people actually thought I was doing something like after, you know, drop off from school. <laughs> Meanwhile, like I needed to figure out what I was going to be doing, but you know, right. <laughs> look good. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you all for being on the call. This was a lot of fun and I love seeing some of your faces that I haven't seen in a while, but, um, miss you all. And someday soon, hopefully we'll be in person together at some point. Um, thank you all for your time. Thank you everyone who was on the line. Um, I also have a slide about some upcoming, um, podcasts that we have with Block Talk. We're doing a podcast on the 23rd of April about the world record that we just set with the sale in Beverly Hills that we had a few weeks ago. So for anyone who wants to go to Block Talk now, check that out. And other than that, we also have an auction education course um, on, let's see, that's April 9th and another one on June 18th. So check out our website for more podcasts. And thank you everyone for being here. It's Friday evening or afternoon. Enjoy your weekend. Thank um, you. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Bye, Thanks for Thank having you. us. Thank you. Nice to meet you guys. Bye. Awesome. Nice to see Bye. you. Nice to meet Bye. you. Bye.